Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. I'm your host, Maurice Phipps. This episode is being recorded on March 11, 2022. Um, it's been, what, about two, two and a half weeks since I recorded and put out an episode. Um, yeah, got nothing to say about that. Life gets in the way, and I just haven't found the time to record. But that's besides the point, because I'm here now. I'm here now, and that's how that matters. And so we got a hell of a lot of news to get into. It's a bunch of uh, NFL free agency shit. The NBA season uh, is, you know, coming, coming, closing towards the end. It's a bunch of developments in that. We got to talk about the MVP race. We got to talk about um, the Winter Olympics because I never ended up covering um, the medalists from the Winter Olympics. March Madness is going to start soon. Um, it's, it's just a whole bunch of shit. Um, so... We're going to get right into it. Let's start off with my favorite sport, basketball. The MVP race is basically a three-man show now. It is between Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid. Um, I never really had any doubt that this was who it was going to boil down to because DeMar DeRozan, in my opinion, always had um, a case, but it was a, it was a, it was a very, 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 what's the word? It was a situational case, right? Because he's obviously playing. He's playing at a very high level, has been the entire season. Um, but, you know, you, you I don't think you can necessarily argue that he's been playing at a higher level than Giannis Embiid or Jokic at any point in the season. Um, besides that low seven, eight game stretch he went on where he just didn't. He just decided not to miss uh, a mid-range shot, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so as for if the season ended today, who would the MVP be? I, I truly don't know. Of course, I my biased brain is going to say DeMar Rose anyway. Um, but between the three real candidates, I guess I'll, I'll consider them uh, the real candidates because it's going to go to one of them three more than likely. Uh, who would I consider the MVP? More than likely Joel Embiid. But again, I don't know who's... I don't know where you know, the MVP race is, like the official MVP race. I don't know where people stand. I don't know what the media has to say. I don't know if they're going to want to give it to Jokic going back to back. I don't know if they're still tired of Giannis winning the MVP award. And I don't know how friendly they're going to be to Joel Embiid uh, at all. So that's my opinion on that. The MVP race is the MVP race. And it's always going to be uh, a popularity concept between the media Rarely do I think that they actually get it right, and it's between the the actual best you know player um, in the league because that's just historically not how the MVP award has been given out. But I will say that I'm I'm a hundred percent fine with Giannis or Jokic or Embiid any either of them three winning MVP. Um, I feel like they all deserve it in their own right. They've all played extremely well in, during the season up until this point. And so these, you know, these these last games, um, the, the rest of the games in March and the games that we get coming up in April are really going to determine who gets that MVP night and who wins that MVP award. But that's not why they played the game. They played the game to win championships. And what was it? Was it last night? Last night, we got a glimpse into what could be a, a first-round matchup, depending on how the seed and shake out between um, Philly and the Nets. Unfortunately, Ben Simmons did not play in this game. They are still uh, gearing him up towards returning to basketball. Don't know how long it's going to take. And apparently, he also had some lower back tightness, which also prevented him from um, playing in this game. But uh, if I look at the score... 
I'm going to bring up the score right now. Um, I know I know that uh, Philly lost this game, I think, by like 20 or something like that. But look at the score, all right? No, they lost the game by 29. That scored 129 points to the 76ers, 100. Kevin Durant, 25. Kyrie, 22. Seth Curry, 24. All of them shot very uh, pretty efficiently from the field. Joel Embiid had 27 points on five made shots. That is absolutely disgusting. I never want to see anything like that again. This motherfucker shot 19 free throws and made 15 of them. That is absolutely atrocious. Uh, James Harden played like shit. He had 11 points. Did not shoot the ball well at all. He uh, made three shots, shot 17. Um, Tyrese Maxey had a bad game as well. Um, I guess since we're considering that the big three. Um, I've held the I've been of the opinion that the 76ers lost the trade, not necessarily because, you know, they were gaining James Harden and losing Ben Simmons, but because I don't necessarily think that Tyrese Maxey would fit better with James Harden than um, Seth Curry would. In my opinion, I would have kept Seth Curry over Tyrese Maxey. Uh, sure, they would probably would have had to give up someone else to, you know, match the salaries and stuff like that. Um, but we know what we're going to get with Seth Curry. Maxey still relatively relatively uh, unproven, very young as well. Um, so, you know, at this point, it's just your preference. To his credit, Tyrese Maxey has been playing absolutely phenomenal um, since the Harden trade. Um, it has this. This was like his first bad game, which you can't necessarily fault on him because the entirety of the 76ers had a bad game. Um, so, yeah, that's that. And I'm looking at the plus minus and B was minus 30. Harden was minus 30. Tyrese Maxey was minus 26. Plus minus is an iffy stat, but, you know, they they weren't good. Um, is that indicative of what's going to happen during come playoff time? I don't know. I definitely think that if you add Ben Simmons onto this team, the 76ers are not nearly as good as the, the Brooklyn Nets are. Um, you, when you look at having Kevin Durant and Kyrie on the same, you know, starting roster, and then they have the, um, they have Ben Simmons and it's going to, you know, open up them for is going to open up their playbook because Ben Simmons is going to be the one with the ball in his hands most of the time. Uh, playmaking, he's going to play good defense, stuff like that. You got uh, Curry coming off the bench. I don't know if he's going to come off the bench, actually. They have a pretty solid lineup, starting lineup with who would it would it would it I guess it'd be technically it'd be Ben Simmons playing the one. He'd just be at the four position, right? So playing the point, they'd have Kyrie, Seth Curry at the two, and then they'd run Kevin Durant at the three, Ben Simmons at the four, and then whoever their starting center is, I think it's Andre Drummond. I believe it's Andre Drummond. Um, in my opinion, that's a that's a that's a definitely a championship winning roster, and or at least championship winning starting five. And I definitely think that come playoff time, you know, once Ben Simmons is adjusted to playing with Kevin Durant and playing with Kyrie and playing with Seth Curry and getting the ball in their hands, doing his playmaking thing. He also has to get back into the rhythm of playing basketball because, again, he hasn't played a single regular season game this season. He hasn't played anything. He hasn't done anything officially on an NBA uh, court this season. So um, I don't know if they're going to win it this year because time is running out. You know, you can't just automatically have that chemistry. We saw with uh, Harden 
And um, we saw it with Harden and DeAndre Jordan. I believe when they played the Bulls, there were a few uh, errant passes that Harden made because he's not used to where his teammates are going to be on the court yet. Stuff like that. You know, you can iron that out within within three weeks, a month. Um, we still don't have a timetable on Ben Simmons coming back. So these problems, which are going to appear, this is this isn't just like something that you can hope doesn't happen to you. No, it's, it's going to happen because these players aren't used to playing with each other yet. So hopefully Ben Simmons is back soon. We can see him in action. Um, I definitely want to like watch that that first game, that the first game that Ben Simmons plays back. Um, yeah, I definitely want to watch that just to, you know, see how, if he has a feel for Kevin Durant, yeah, if he has a feel for Kyrie Irving and stuff like that. Also, um, I like seeing good basketball. So that team fully healthy is easily one of the better teams in the league. I want to see how they produce in the playoffs. Speaking of, um, when it comes to the playoffs, I do hope that we get this matchup in the first round. If you look at it right now, the Nets are not a very uh, good team when you look at their their record. Unfortunately, they've had a lot of bullshit to deal with. They're currently the eighth seed. Philly is number three, and they have a half a game on uh, Chicago, who is number four. So there's definitely a scenario where Brooklyn is in the play-in, and they they get that seventh seed. And no, excuse me. The, where Brooklyn plays herself out of the plan, they land that sixth seed and they match up against Philly, who's currently the third seed in the first round. Uh, would that be a, a would I want that to be a first round matchup? I don't necessarily know. I don't necessarily know if I'd want that to be a first round matchup because that's easily Eastern Conference Finals level of, of, of talent, of level of skill and name recognition. You have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Joel Embiid on the same court. That if if you told me that would happen, I'd assume you that you were talking about the Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I'm saying? So it would make for a very very interesting final, uh, a very interesting Eastern Conference portion of this playoffs. Because actually, you know what? I'm just gonna go out and say it: the Eastern Conference is going to be much better come playoffs than the the Western Conference. Like the games, the games that are going to be played, they're going to be so much better because, again, the Eastern Conference is so much closer in skill, uh, rather, or so much closer, the teams are so much closer uh, than the Western Conference. At the West, you got the three teams at the top, the Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Warriors there in that order. That's uh, their seeding, who are, you know, could, I could legitimately see all three of them taking the West and going to the finals more than likely to be Phoenix though. But in the East, it's much more uh matchup based and situationally based. Like I could see, I could see Chicago going as far as the Eastern conference finals or potentially as far as the finals, depending on who they match up against. Right. You know, we got, we got Cleveland at the six seed. They're not far behind anyone. Like they could, they, they could be, uh, a team that upsets someone in the playoffs. Right now, they set to play Philly. You know, who's to say they can't upset Philly? Stuff like that. So, um, definitely gonna definitely gonna pay super super close attention to the Eastern Conference when playoff time comes around. Like I wasn't gonna pay attention anyway, but I'm just gonna 
and have that extra layer there of, you know, hyper focusing in on the Eastern Conference because I want to see I, I want to see good basketball and this is going to be good basketball. I, I have no doubt about it that this is going to be a uh, very good basketball. Right. Speaking of very good basketball, Kyrie dropped a 50 piece not so long ago, a few days ago, I think on 19 shots. That's absolutely fucking insane. Uh, Jokic dropped 30 points combined in the fourth quarter in overtime to give uh, the Nuggets a win over who did they play? I'm going to look that up, actually, because I just played that game not so long ago. And I really, really want to find out who they played. Uh, was it the Kings? Was it the Kings? I don't think it was the Kings. No, they played the Kings on Wednesday the 9th. So it was more than likely on Monday when that happened. Uh, was it Monday when that happened? No, he only he dropped 32 on Monday. So it might have been Tuesday. Was it two or was it last week? Oh shit, it might have been last week. These show notes are like a week old at this point, so forgive me for not having this pulled up. Um hmm. I can't find a game where he dropped uh 30 in the fourth quarter and overtime combined, but trust me, he did that. I watched the highlights and it was fucking great. Um and Miscellaneous basketball news. Greg Popovich, head coach of the Spurs, has tied Don Nelson for most wins all time. He's more than likely going to surpass that record. Uh, no, let's see. he's definitely going to surpass that record this season. He has an opportunity to today against the Jazz at 7.30. I don't know if I'll watch that game because uh, the Knicks play the Grizzlies at 7 o'clock. That game comes on at 7.30. Um, the Cavs also play the Heat. I might watch that game, actually. Not a lot of good games coming on today. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch the, the Cavaliers play the Heat and see that uh, Eastern Conference matchup. Not a lot of good games on today. But, 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 um, what the one thing I will say is that this NBA season has, you know, for this to be a celebratory season, like this is the, this is the 75th anniversary of the NBA this season, the festivities, the 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 celebrations, all of everything that the NBA has done, I've absolutely fell in love with it. I love at first I wasn't a big fan of the diamond logo. Um, if you guys are not aware, for the 75th anniversary, the NBA adopted a diamond shape uh, onto the um, excuse me. They adopted a diamond shape instead of the traditional NBA logo. So it has the uh, silhouette, um, but instead of it being a, a vertical rectangle, it is a diamond and it still has a silhouette and it has 75 um, to, to the right of the silhouette. Um, everything that the NBA has done for the 75th anniversary, including like the 75th anniversary team, the top 15 coaches of all time, uh, what else did they do? The, the All-Star Weekend celebration for the 75th anniversary, um, stuff like that. All of this has been absolutely phenomenal, and I want to applaud the NBA for putting on such a uh, a great celebration of a great celebratory season. Excuse me. Um, you compare this to the NFL 100 season, where I feel like they didn't necessarily do enough because, like, 100 years is a very long time. 100 years is an absolutely astonishing accomplishment where you should you should truly be proud and you should truly like take that and, and wear it on your sleeve. Um, I feel like with the NFL, they didn't do enough. Like, 
okay, sure, with the Super Bowl, they had the NFL 100 logo um, as as the main logo on 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 the the Super Bowl turf. I don't even remember where they played that, but on the turf there, they had the the NFL 100 logo, and that logo was okay, I guess, but. Um, I feel like the NBA is really leaning hard into this NBA 75 stuff and it's for the to the it's to the benefit of the season. Um, but I think that they're gonna turn it up even more come playoff time. Hopefully we see um, on the like when the wherever the finals are played, hopefully we see NBA 75 on the courts and stuff like that. it'll it'll I know that um, going based off how this season has been so far, I know that they will put on, um, they they will they will show an incredible display of basketball and stuff like that, make the viewer experience even better than it already is. Moving on to some extremely unfortunate news, um, it was reported, I believe, last week or a week and a half ago, that Brittany Griner was arrested in Russia for alleged drug drug trafficking and is facing a maximum ten year sentence. Um, I would actually like to pull up. I thought I had this pull up, pulled up. I do not. Um, <clears throat> this is from ESPN. WNBA player Brittany Griner is being detained in Russia after customs officials said they found hashish oil in her luggage at an airport near Moscow in February, according to a report in the New York Times on Saturday. So again, she has been um, in Russian custody for at least a month at this point, a month before like um, reporting re uh, reporters found out and it, and it made uh, headlines in the United States. Um, we are not sure her exact location at this point. Um, she is facing a maximum of a 10 year sentence in prison. Um, obviously, I'm assuming you guys are aware of the situation happening with Russia and Ukraine. Russia had essentially declared war on Ukraine. They're dealing with that. Um, the NBA, it, the W, the NBA, excuse me, the WNBA and the NBA are aware of the situation. They're doing everything in their power to make sure that Brittany Griner has safe passage home. Again, we don't know her exact location at this point. We don't know her whereabouts. We don't know what's going on with her. We don't know anything we, we, we do not know um, and it's more than likely going to be a while before we have anything that is uh, helpful or uh, anything any good news surrounding Brittany Griner so um, she's not gonna hear this but you know my, my thoughts are with Brittany Griner Brittany Griner's family Brittany Griner's teammates everyone that knows her everyone that has been affected by her the WNBA as a whole because this is a situation that is extremely unfortunate and one that you know should not be taken lightly one that we should uh support Brittany Griner and the WNBA for and hopefully we can have Brittany Griner safe and back on US soil as soon as possible um again it's not something that is typical for um you know Stuff like this, stuff like this doesn't really happen. So we're dealing with a very delicate situation. The most recent and most um, the most recent situation that I can think of that even compares is when the uh, it was it was Leangelo Ball when he was in China. Uh, he got arrested for shoplifting, and you know uh, the U.S. had to do everything in their power to get him back home. Hopefully, um, Biden could pull some similar strings that. Trump did. Unfortunately, I don't know how 
that'll uh, fare with the current situation going on in Russia. But um, we wish nothing but the best for Brittany Griner and for everybody involved. Hopefully she can get back home safe very, very soon. Moving on from that news, baseball is back. According to the MLB Players Association, MLB Players Association and owners have reached an agreement. Um, I'm actually going to bring up MLB is I'm going to bring up a news article so I can, you know, read this off uh, accurately. Um, baseball is back. MLB players agreed to a new CBA to salvage the 162 game 2022 season. This is being reported. Uh, this is by USA Today. Um, Rob Manfred, commissioner of the MLB um I believe last week, last week, sometime last week, he had announced the cancellation of two games. And um, like right before the MLBPA and the MLB agreed on a new contract, he was uh, he announced the cancellation of two more games, which would <clears throat> effectively cap the the number of games played during this upcoming season from 162 to 158. Um, thankfully, uh, the MLB and the MLBPA have come to a new collective bargaining agreement and that the full 162 game season will be played. Um, the proposed five year agreement came 99 days after MLB commissioner Rob Manfred imposed a lockout following the expiration of the last CBA and one week after clubs concluded eight days of bargaining in Florida with no deal, prompting MLB to cancel one week of games so in short um the mlb's back um they will have to crunch the games together slightly um because again they're they're really i don't believe there was any spring training spring training would be going on right now as we speak i don't believe the, i don't believe excuse me there was any spring training um Players are going to have to, you know, get themselves ready to uh, for a quick turnaround. Games are more than likely going to start being played in April. I know April 1st through 4th is like usually when the MLB uh, has opening day and stuff like that. So maybe we could see sometime towards the middle of April, uh, stuff like that, when the MLB will be officially back for uh, the 2022 season. We don't know the details of the collective bargaining agreement yet when we do. You'll be sure to hear them from me, um, but it's a good thing that the, the players and the MLB came to an agreement because you never want to see uh, you never want to see season entire seasons get canceled or entire seasons get cut short, especially when they don't have to. The last time I remember something happening like this that wasn't COVID was the 2011 season for uh, the NBA that resulted in. Um, game starting on Christmas, and it was actually a 72-game season. It was a whole lot, it was a whole bunch of weird shit going on. Uh, games were really crunched together, and you don't want to have that happen because uh, the, the the schedules are set how they are for uh, a reason to limit injuries um, and to maximize ticket sales, to maximize TV, um, what up, t TV time stuff like that. So thankfully, bas base excuse me, basketball. Thankfully, baseball is back. And hopefully we will hear something soon about when opening day is and, you know, things of that nature. Now, um, probably the biggest news that I have to share with you guys, um, it's the offseason for NFL. And you know what that means. That means trades, 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 
trades probably the biggest no definitely the biggest one so far uh russell wilson was traded from the seattle seahawks to the denver broncos making the afc west the most dangerous uh division in football when it comes to quarterbacks um i don't know how i i don't okay so in terms of what was actually traded i'm gonna look that up right now Russell Wilson, Denver trade, right? Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Looking for the trade. Looking for the trade. Okay, so Russell Wilson was traded to the Denver Broncos for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. In return, of course, Denver gets Russell Wilson. They also got back a fourth-round pick. Um, that's a very steep price for Russell Wilson. Very, very steep. But one that if I am the Broncos, unfortunately, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and pay. Um, when you look at the Broncos roster, they don't really have a bunch of holes. Their biggest concern, one of the, two of their biggest concerns, were uh, head coach Vic Fangio was fired. And quarterback Drew Locke was just traded for Russell Wilson. So, when you 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 know you do have an unexperienced head coach um, stepping into the shoes of Vic Fangio. Um, he was previously the offensive coordinator for Green Bay. Um, like this season and last, you know the two Aaron Rodgers MVP seasons. Yeah, that guy. He's the uh, head coach for the Broncos now. Um, of course, you're dealing with inexperience at the head coach position, so there are going to be some kinks that you have to work out. But I do see this as a net positive for the Broncos. Why? Because Russell Wilson, no matter what you think about him, he's a good quarterback and he's won a Super Bowl, right? If there are two things that this that that this um, Broncos team needed, it was a very it was a competent quarterback because they have the talent on the offensive side of the ball, right? And someone who knows how to win. And you get that with Russell Wilson, you get both of those. Someone who knows how to win, and you get a very, very, very good quarterback. Some might say elite. I would be one of those people to say elite, right? So when you look at the AFC West, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Russell Wilson, you got Justin Herbert, and then you got Mr. Unlucky himself, Derek Carr. Of course, I was uh, of the opinion that Aaron Rodgers was actually going to sign with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Little did I know that the Broncos actually didn't even pursue Aaron Rodgers at all. This trade has been in the this trade was in the works for weeks. And, you know, when it, it came out on March 8th, speaking of trades, um, another blockbuster trade, Khalil Mack traded. Yes, you heard that right. Khalil Mack has been traded from the Chicago Bears to the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, here is the full trade scenario on that. Uh, the Chargers, uh, I believe this is uh, coming from Adam Schefter himself. Um, the Chargers send 2022 second round pick and a 2023 sixth round pick to Chicago in return for Khalil Mack. Um, the Chargers also are picking up um, the entirety of Khalil Mack's contract. If you ask me, this is a terrible trade for the Bears because there's no way you trade Khalil Mack and do not get a first round pick out of it. I don't care when it was. I don't care if it would have been this year or next year. You need to get a first round pick for Khalil Mack, especially, right? Especially when you have your young developing quarterback in Justin Fields, who I thought 
was going to have like a semblance of that the the team that he had around him last season to build off of. Now, basically, what the this is telling me from the Bears organization is that they're going to full rebuild mode. And they're going full rebuild mode. They believe that Justin Fields is their quarterback for the long term. They're going to build around him and they're going to make things happen. Cool. But you cannot go full rebuild mode without picks. And in, in the NFL specifically, you really, really want to get those first round picks. NFL training is like NFL free agency and, and trades and stuff. is really weird to me, especially like in my mind, because I think of NBA. I think of the NBA, right? There's absolutely no way that the. Who, who should I use as, as an example? There's absolutely no way that the Portland Trailblazers would trade Damian Lillard for anything less than like two first round picks and a few players, right? The NFL is weird in that you can have a, a, a future Hall of Fame player in Khalil Mack. You can get him trade. You can have he, he can be traded for not even a first round pick. He wasn't even traded for any players. He was just traded for straight picks. Granted, the Chargers did pick up the entirety of his contract, which is a heavy, a heavy, hefty contract. So that's probably why they weren't. There wasn't a player exchange. But like, dude, I couldn't imagine Damian Lillard being traded for uh, two future seconds, and you you can't go. You can't even go past a second. Also, um, like, it's it's weird because you know you you get us. You say six round pick. How often do these six round picks like actually matter? There's 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 so much more hit and miss potential in the NFL, which makes trades so much more risky in comparison to if I'm trading for Damian Lillard. Yeah, sure. You're going to give me two, maybe three first round picks. And those first round picks are going to be assets that I could then flip to, you know, I might want to acquire a quality role player right here. I want I might want to trade these to you. Um, to a different team in terms uh, to get to get a future star or to get a, a current star. First round picks are extremely valuable in the NBA and even more so in the NFL because, you know, there are so many rounds and there is so much boomer bust potential and there is so much uh, up and down. There's so much. Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? It's it's weird. NFL free agency and trading is weird. That's all that is. Another oddity um, is that a, a another Future Hall of Fame player, Bobby Wagner. He was released from the Seahawks. He was released. You're never, you're, you're almost, you're, you are almost never going to see a, a, a future Hall of Fame NBA player. Who would be a good example to use to, um, who would be a good example to use to compare to Bobby Wagner? I do not know. I'm trying to think. A veteran player who has a, like, like Clay Thompson. If I use Clay Thompson, let's just like use him as an example. The Warriors would never just release Clay Thompson. If they were to trade him, they'd make sure to get the most out of him, right? And then you go, this situation doesn't make any more sense because if they were going to release him, why release him? Why not just like trade him? I get that um, the contract situations in the NFL and the NBA are drastically different. Most uh, most contracts in the NBA are like fully guaranteed the moment you sign stuff like that. The NFL doesn't work that way. 
Um, Bobby Wagner probably didn't have any more guaranteed money on his contract. And so the best thing to do would have been to release him and them not have to, excuse me, and them not have to pay um, that money. But like, I don't know. That's that, that just seemed weird to me. And also um, signifies that the Seahawks are going into full rebuild mode. So expect more trades, more releases and stuff coming from the uh, Seahawks. Wow. You got to uh, you got to feel for Jamal Adams. He went from one rebuilding team to a struggling playoff team. And now he's on another rebuilding team. Damn, 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 damn. Um, another free agency news, Carson Wentz was traded to the Washington Commanders. For what? Doesn't really matter. Probably not going to matter in the long run. Um, I don't know why they chose to pick up Carson Wentz. Um, in my opinion, you could have used one of those picks on a QB in this draft. They There are a bunch of QBs in this draft that you know have a, put, have a bunch of upside. We don't really know what they could be in the NFL. I, I, I bet one of them is probably going to be really good. We don't know. Could have gambled on that. Nope. Decided to go for Carson Wentz. And uh, Carson Wentz is now the uh, the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders. Um, Aaron Rodgers resigned with the uh, the Packers. That's not surprising. Um, I believe Devontae Adams was uh, franchise tagged by the Packers. Alejandro Villanueva, offensive tackle for the Ravens. He retired. Um, if I'm looking at more... If, if I'm looking at more stuff, the Bears released Tariq Cohen after he missed the majority of the last two seasons due to a knee injury. Jason Kelsey is now the highest paid center in the NFL. He, he re-signed with the Philadelphia Eagles on a one-year $14 million contract. Carlos Hyde was released, excuse me, Carlos Hyde was released by the Jaguars. Um, the Eagles are fielding uh, trade, trade talks around Fletcher Cox. Uh, what else? What else? Raiders released Corey Littleton, linebacker. I talked about the Khalil Mack trade already. Sterling Shepard got his contract re, uh, reconstructed for the Giants. Um, Lions uh, released defensive end Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers is actually uh, pretty good. He he could be an underrated um, pickup by some team. Uh, Josh Reynolds, wide receiver with the Lions, re-signed with Detroit. Mike Williams signed a three-year $60 million contract to stay with the Chargers. That... Um, going to want to pay attention to that because, you know, I, th I think he's at this point probably the best receiver on the Chargers. And he, if not, is Justin Herbert's first favorite. He's definitely a second favorite target. Um, anything else before looking at this? Oh, um, there's a lot of there's been a lot of talk on Mitchell Trubisky, uh, where he's going to end up in free agency. He's more than likely going to end up with the Giants. We don't know. We do not know about that. Um, Titans signed offensive, excuse me, <laughs> offensive outside linebacker Harold Landry to a five-year, eighty-seven point five million dollar extension. Josh Gordon re-signed with the Chiefs, and that's it. I think that's it. No, uh, that's not it. Chris Godwin got franchise tagged by the Buccaneers. That's uh, good for him because he is coming off of an ACL tear, so they get he gets uh, time to rehab and doesn't have to immediately hit the market as a uh, someone who's coming off of an ACL injury. So that's good for him. Hopefully he can get his money next year in the offseason, wherever he decides to go. Um, Cowboys placed a franchise tag on Dalton Schultz. Dolphins placed a franchise tag on Mike Gesicki. Um, Chiefs apply a franchise tag to Orlando Brown. Um... 
Anything else? Jack Doyle, uh, tight end for the Colts. He retired. Jesse Bates, franchise tag by the Bengals. Fine Miller doesn't know where he's going to go in free agency. The Patriots released Kyle Van Noy. And Browns put a franchise tag on David Njoku. And that's pretty much all that I care about, except for this little bit of news. And after this, we're going to move on to the, the Winter Olympics um, and uh, me naming the medalists for, for that. Calvin Ridley, <laughs> the parlay king. <laughs> so um, if you guys are not aware... Calvin Ridley has been suspended indefinitely for the NFL. Forget this, betting on games while he was away from the Atlanta Falcons. No, I'm not joking. This is serious. So according to uh, sources, Calvin Ridley placed six bets on a game involving the Falcons for a total of $3,900 that was risked. Uh, he made a one, a, he made a, excuse me, he made an 11 leg parlay for $300 at 481 to one odds to win a maximum of 1,100, excuse me, 144,000 dollars. Um, in total, he risked, uh, he risked a total of $36,000 across 41 total bets, um, made, and um, according to sources, he also did not win any of those. <laughs> so um, if you are in the NFL and you ever happen to hear this, don't be stupid. Don't bet your money on fucking parlays. You're millionaires. Why are you betting a few hundred dollars at a time on a sport that you play? That literally does not make any sense. Calvin Ridley, what the fuck are you doing? Now that I got that out the way, I can uh, put on my professional cap and say, um, I hope Calvin really gets the help that he needs because he was, uh, it was reported that, you know, while he was away from the Atlanta Falcons, he was dealing with his mental health, which is why he chose to step back from the Atlanta Falcons in the first place. Um, I don't know if betting on your team to win and uh, perform well is um, good for your mental health. I'm sure it would be if you won, um, but you're a millionaire. So again, don't necessarily know why you're doing this anyway. Again, and you're a millionaire in a contract year. How fucking stupid was that to make bets when you're literally an NFL player on the NFL? I don't understand how you could like think that this is in any way justifiable or in any way smart. What are you doing? You're betting $36,000 for what? Why? Why exactly are you doing that? And if you're going to bet the money anyway, why would you not do it on like the NBA, you know, where you can't get in trouble? I, I literally do not see the logic in betting on games that you could potentially be playing in. You are literally the star wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. How stupid could you be? I don't get it. Um, hopefully, Calvin Ridley hasn't like lost all sense of football like skill because when he comes back he's gonna be so fucking rusty he's gonna be what two years removed from playing right receiver honestly his career's you know if if he doesn't come back the same then his career's over because you're, you 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 take two years away from football in your prime you know one uh, 
at first it was, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily self-inflicted. You know, I'm, I'm not here to judge what anybody's got going on in, they, uh, in their personal lives because God knows I have things going on in my personal lives too that would affect me differently than they would affect Calvin Ridley, right? I'm not saying he was ever wrong for stepping away from the game of football um, to focus on his mental health. But what I am saying is, dude, like, be smart. You are in a contract year where you're already not playing football. So that's going to hurt the amount of money you can make anyway. I guess because he thought because he thought that this was going to hurt him uh, in a significant amount, he needed to recoup that money by betting on the games that he could have potentially been a part in. It doesn't make any sense. It absolutely doesn't make any sense. Um, and yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Hopefully, Calvin Ridley, when he comes back into the NFL, if he comes back into the NFL, um, isn't like terrible. And hopefully he gets a good contract because holy shit, this is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen from an NFL player or a sports player in general. This is literally like just why there there is no justifiable reason that this had to happen. There's no reason why this was they like there's no justification for this. This was just fucking stupid. Right. That's all of that. I'm going to talk about um, the combine happened while I was gone. Um, so let's look at stuff like that. Right. Let's let's look at the combine. Enough of me being um, I'm not even going to say being negative because it, I'm just I'm just being like I'm just being real. That was just I don't I don't know. Um, let's look at some results from the combine. Uh, if I pull up the 40-yard dash, the fastest 40-yard dash ran was by a cornerback named Kalen Barnes from Baylor. He ran a 4-2-3. Um, I don't know what was going on with the times, but they were all over the place this year. Um, it was reported that Tyquan Thornton had broken the 40-yard dash record and ran a 4-2-1, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was wrong. He actually ran a 4-2-8, which is fast as hell. But, like, how do you get that wrong? I don't know. I don't understand how we have all of this technology and... Like you can't get these right on the first try, especially because I don't remember this being a super big problem in previous um, combines. So, uh, yeah, get that together. Um, some notable names. Where is he? Garrett Wilson ran a four, three, eight. Where is where's Sauce Gardner? Sauce Gardner ran a four, four, one. Where is. Um, I'm looking for George Pickens. George Pickens ran a 4.47. Um, actually, a better way to do this would be to sort by position. If I sort by QB, Desmond Ry Desmond Ritter ran a 4.25. Uh, excuse me, a 4.52. Kenny Pickett ran a 4.73. Um, if I look at the tackle, Jordan Davis ran a 4.78. His teammate Devontae Wyatt ran a 4.77. No one should be that big and moving that fast. That is insane. Um, Christian Harris ran a 4-4-4. Um, what else am I looking for? Am I looking for anything special? I don't believe I'm looking for anything else. Oh, uh, Chris Olave ran a 4-3-9. Um, it, it wasn't wasn't anything like super, super crazy in the combine. Definitely some draft stocks went up, some draft stocks went down. Um, what did Aiden Hutchinson run? Did he run the 40? I'm pretty sure he did. Aiden Hutchinson. I can't find. He's a linebacker, right? Or is he at the end? Uh, I can't. 
Oh, I can't find. Uh, no, I can't find Aiden Hutchinson. Um, Aiden Hutchinson ran a four seven four. Kayvon Thibodeau uh, ran a four five eight, along with um, a few other, you know, talents that ran similar times to him. A few ran faster than him. Uh, Amari Barno from Virginia Tech ran a four three six as a defensive end. Um, that's pretty damn good, right? Enough for the um, combine talk. Overall, the combine, you know. Look, look pretty good on um, these athletes. Um, wow, they definitely wowed. Um, you know, it's, it's always good to see like good combine results because good combine results for these athletes um, means big paydays when it comes to them signing their contracts. And obviously, we want, we want to see these athletes make as much money as they can from the billion dollar corporation that is the NFL. Now, I am late to the party. When it comes to the Winter Olympics, they ended a while ago, but I still want to name off all of the Team USA members who managed to win uh, a medal. So in total, there were 25 medals at this Winter Olympics. There were eight gold, 10 silver and seven bronze. Here is a list of everyone that won a medal. Starting off, we have Julia Marino won a silver medal in women's snowboarding slope style. Jalen Koff won a silver medal in women's moguls. Team USA won a silver medal in figure skating. Ryan Cochran Siegel won a silver medal in men's super G. Jesse Diggins run went, excuse me, won a bronze medal in con- cross country skiing. If I can fucking speak, Colby <clears throat> um, Stevenson, uh, I can't speak, won a silver medal in freestyle skiing. Lindsey Jacob Ellis won a gold in snowboarding. Chloe Kim won a gold in snowboarding. Nathan Chen won a gold in men's singles. Um, team USA won gold in mixed team aerials. Team USA won gold in mixed team board snow team snowboard cross finals. Aaron Jackson won a gold in speed skating. Madison Hubble and Zach Donahue won a bronze in ice dance. Kaylee Humphreys won a gold in women's bobsleigh. Um, Elena Myers Taylor won a silver in women's bobsleigh. Megan Nip, Megan Nick ran one a bronze in freestyle skiing. Team USA won a bronze in speed skiing. Speed skating. Alexander Hall won a gold in freestyle skiing. Nicholas Goper won a silver medal in freestyle skiing. Team USA won silver in women's hockey. Brittany Bow won a bronze in speed skating. David Wise won a, won a silver in so uh, freestyle skiing. Alex Ferreira won a bronze in freestyle skiing. Elena Miles Taylor and Sylvia Hoffman won bronze in women's two-woman bobsled. And Jesse Diggins won a silver in women's 30-kilometer mass start cross-country skiing. So congratulations to all of them. Um, I'm not sure when. I know when. I'm not sure where the next Winter Olympics will be. But if this podcast is still a thing when that comes around, hopefully it is, um, I'll cover that. Um, and other news to wrap this up, March Madness Selection Sunday is this Sunday. Um, I'm not going to fill out a bracket for March Madness because I haven't been keeping up with college basketball like that. So I don't want to just spew a very uneducated guess, which would probably be all one seeds making it to the final four. But uh, I do want to report that this is well, this will be Coach K's final March Madness tournament. Um, North Carolina beat Duke in the final home game uh, of Coach K's career. Hopefully, 
for Coach K, you know, he can come out on top of this final tournament, uh, even though I don't know how likely that is to happen. You know, anything can happen. Um, and then the final, final, final piece of news for this week, um, the Kobe Covington, Kobe Covington versus Jorge Masvidal pay-per-view. It was terrible. I don't want to talk about it. And fortunately, there won't be any more MMA pay-per-views until April. That was this week's episode of the Four Verticals podcast. I'm sorry I took so long off. Um, but hopefully, this episode was good enough for you. And you guys listened to it and you guys enjoyed it. If you guys did enjoy it, be sure to come back next week for another episode that I hopefully have out on Wednesday. I literally don't have anything to do, so I'm definitely going to have an episode out Wednesday. Um, But yeah, besides that, thank you for listening and have a good rest of your day.